Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for august 21st 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings if you're awake wherever you may be man Oh, man, it's going to be a busy, busy, busy week. I don't even know where to begin, bro. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, It's all-in week, and I will be, as of Thursday, in the air, flying to London, leaving on Thursday, coming home on Tuesday. Don't know what we're going to be doing in between the wrestling stuff, but... We got meet and greet details to go over. We got shit to go over. We'll mention that a little bit later on in the show. So it's going to be one of those weeks, guys. So I thank you for being here with me. But tonight we talk Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Love the crowd. Absolutely love the crowd. Sami Zayn got a hero's welcome in Quebec tonight. A Canadian crowd as hot. As you could X for on a Monday night. 
I wish I could say the same about creative. The crowd is hot. Quebec was hot. The creative fucking sucks. Show was just boring. Show was boring. I don't know how anybody sits there and digests this shit on a weekly basis and doesn't find a fucking problem with it. You know, I know we we have complained about All In and the build. I'm not excusing AEW for their laziness and their lack thereof, but Monday Night Raw and WWE creative going into payback, they ain't really doing anything that's shattering the fucking ceiling either. I mean, it's just as bad. It may be worse, to be quite honest with you, coming off of this show. The biggest thing that happened tonight was Kevin Owens made his return to Monday Night Raw. We have the tag team champions back on Monday Night Raw, which is a good thing because they've had, so far, an unceremonious reign as tag team champions. On one hand, WWE hasn't given them much to do creatively. On the other hand, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have kind of been bit by the injury bug. But all in all, you add those two things together, and it doesn't make for an eventful title reign after beating the greatest tag team in WWE history in the greatest storyline in WWE history. Doesn't really equal up. Kevin Owens came back tonight, hot crowd. Obviously, he was going to focus on Judgment Day with Sami Zayn, and that's exactly where they went. But in typical Vince McMahon fashion... If you guys aren't aware, Vince McMahon is clearly still in charge. We've gotten the same main event and every different variation of this main event for the last three fucking months. I'm over it. I'm fucking done. Judgment Day, Sami Zayn. Judgment Day, Seth Rollins. Judgment Day, Cody Rhodes. Judgment Day, Kevin Owens. And every single Tag team match variation you could give us. Every single singles match variation you can give us. Nobody seems to have a fucking problem. I do. It's boring. It's uncreative. It's lazy. And it just doesn't make the show watchable, to be quite honest with you. The most exciting thing about Judgment Day right now is the fact that J.D. McDonough, is he in or is he out? What role is he going to play in getting in? Who's going to be booted from Judgment Day? If you watched the extras over the weekend, I would have given you a spoiler on who's going to get booted from the Judgment Day. It ain't Finn Balor. I don't know how they're going to get to that one, but Damian Priest is the rumor. Damian Priest is the rumored getting the axe from Judgment Day. But it's the same fucking main event every single week. Oh, but it was a good good match. I don't give a fuck if it was a good match or not. Of course it's a good match. Look at the guys that are involved. No, it's going to be a bad match. What a hot crowd. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. Sami Zayn gets beat up. Kevin Owens gets beat up. Seth Rollins gets beat up. Hot tag to Cody. Jesus fucking Christ. No, but you guys, you guys will eat that shit up because Vince served it to you on a silver platter. Great job. Triple H never gave us rerun main events three months in a row on NXT. Why would you expect him to do that now unless he's been told to do it? 
think. The other thing that happened tonight was Chad Gable and Gunther for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This is easily, by far and away, the most exciting thing on the entire show. It's the most exciting storyline right now going on Monday Night Raw. And they had a great TV match tonight in front of the Quebec crowd for the IC title. But the ending is leaving people asking a few questions. They had a great TV match. They had a great ending before the countout victory, which they gave Chad Gable. Chad Gable is the first person in a one-on-one match to beat Gunther since he's been called up to the main roster, is what I think the statistic was. Or at least, if not that, in the IC title reign that Gunther has had. Either way, it's been a long time since Gunther has lost a match, whether it's by DQ, countout, or pinfall. He hasn't lost via pinfall in a one-on-one match since he's, get, since he's gotten called up. I know that for a fact. But the match itself was great. It's the ending that gave people a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth. I'm here to tell you that I actually liked the ending. I actually liked the ending of the Chad Gable and Gunther match. It really leads this storyline going into payback. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get on into the actual breakdown of the match. I loved it. I didn't like the fact that Chad Gable started celebrating because he didn't win the championship. I mean, he had a (laughs) type of moment. He had a dummy moment on Monday night tonight. He started celebrating. I thought I was watching Lex Luger at the 1993 SummerSlam. Beating Yokozuna. Celebrating getting the fucking balloons and the, and the, the, the confetti for beating Yokozuna for the WWE Championship. He didn't do that. He won via count out. Same thing happened with Chad Gable tonight. He won via count out. Celebrated like he won the championship. He didn't win the championship. But the story is all about Gunther. Now, the one thing I hope that doesn't happen is Gunther's frustrations with Chad Gable leading to Gunther breaking up Imperium. Now, we don't don't need that. Imperium needs to be together. Why would you break up Imperium? That's bad for business. That's bad for Raw. They are better together than they are separate. So we'll talk about that as well, but I actually enjoyed the ending minus Chad Gable looking like a dummy out there celebrating. But I guess... If you really want to go a little bit further, he did have a right to celebrate because he beat Gunther and nobody else has done that on the main roster. But you celebrate when you win the title. You don't celebrate by getting a win and then getting a win by countout at that, not winning the title. And if you ask me what else happened on Monday Night Raw tonight, man, there was uh, really nothing else. I mean, Becky Lynch and... Trish Stratus, the Quebec crowd was chanting, they don't give a fuck tonight. In French, you got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, if that's not an indication about where this feud has gone, holy shit. If Trish is in her home country, 
and getting chants of we don't give a fuck in their native language. I think he got a fucking failure of a storyline there, Vince. I'm sorry. The best thing about this angle is when it when it is when it ends, when it's over. I can't wait. I cannot wait for it to be over. And for all you fucking people out there that are Becky Lynch marks, you people sicken me, bro. You really do. She is absolutely at the bottom of the barrel in everything that that women's division is. She is obnoxious. She is overhyped, and she's not as good as she thinks she is. Because if she was, there'd be a little bit of a fucking interest in this storyline. And right now, you're shooting fucking blanks, man. You're shooting blanks. Absolutely 0.00 free throw percentage from the line. Garbage. Batting zero. After how many at-bats, you might as well get sent down to single A. Might as well get DFA'd for that, for, the, for all that uh, feud that we've gotten. Awful. Absolutely awful. Can't wait till it's over. We're getting it and its conclusion at payback. Inside a steel cage. But at least we got a Becky Lynch t-shirt out of it with her fucking lemons. Fucking ridiculous. How many of those lemon t-shirts did she sell? How much lemonade did she squeeze out, man? This lemonade sucks. Garbage. Can't wait. We're going to go over everything we need to on this show tonight, man. I thank you guys for joining me on this uh, very dull and bland Monday night. Appreciate you hanging out with me this evening. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you guys for all the love on Cameo as of late. If you guys need anything on Cameo, you guys need someone roasted, you need a birthday shout-out, you need uh, some inspiration to get shit done, I do it all over there, bro. Five-star rating on Cameo. Thank you guys very much. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys turn on that bell, man. Very important, especially this week. We got major happenings this week, so make sure you guys are notified. I'll be going live I'll be uploading. It's going to be crazy, man. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it coming out of the weekend. We got SmackDown review on Saturday. You guys missed out. I was live on Saturday afternoon. Had my obligations to House of Glory on Friday night. We had a spectacular show on Friday in Queens. Got to call my first Hiroshi Tanahashi match, man. The ace. Calling the ace. Imagine that. It's great. Got to call the high fly flow as he beat Cardona in a non-title match for the HOG World Championship. So go check that out on Premier Network. The replay is now on demand. So because of that, I had to do the SmackDown post-show on Saturday afternoon. We talked about Edge and his quote-unquote retirement. All that good stuff on Saturday. And tonight, House of Glory actually announced the Vaude Villains. Simon Gotch is back. 
And we're getting the Vaude Villains back together, man. That is crazy shit right there. House of Glory bringing us an OG NXT tag team back to the Indies for the first time. Unbelievable, man. It's going to be great. All in London. Let's talk about All In, man. All in London. We got a meet and greet. I announced it today on Instagram. I announced it on Twitter. I announced it in the community tab on YouTube. Jesse and I are going overseas. Jesse and I will be in the United Kingdom. And Jesse and I will be meeting you all at... All Bar 1 Waterloo from 7 p.m. until whenever the fuck we get kicked out. Make sure you guys, if you're going to be in the United Kingdom, make sure you guys show up to this meet and greet. I want an absolute raucous meetup. I want this shit to burn down the block that we're on. Seriously. If you're going to be attending the show and you're listening to this and you're in the United Kingdom. Old Bar One, Waterloo, man. That's where we are going to be. The AEW All-In Meet and Greet. Jesse and I will be there. There'll be food. There'll be cocktails. There'll be craft beer. Maybe we can get a rendition of Red Skies being sung by everybody. I'd love that. Honestly, I would really love that. But make sure you guys join us there, man. It's going to be great. And the reason I chose Waterloo is because, A, it's accessible via the tube. So no matter where you guys are coming from, you hop on the tube, you get there, it's great. I didn't want to do it in Wembley because, I mean, who's really going to be staying at Wembley or in Wembley? There really isn't anything from what I researched, anything substantial there. I could have did it at Box Park, but, I mean, it looks so fucking generic. I mean, the geeks are going to go do box park i don't do shit like that i need fucking upscale cocktails beer great food i need city atmosphere i need energy so make sure you guys go and check us out at the waterloo man that is saturday night this saturday in the united kingdom london downtown london gonna be great I can't wait to meet you guys there, man. I think I'll have merchandise as well. I'll let you know some exclusive OTS hats, two different colors, uh, some exclusive OTS baseball bat beer mugs. You know, for us United States folk, man, we love our uh, favorite national pastime, good old MLB baseball, Major League Baseball. I know you guys in the United Kingdom, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Shit, it's it's something to drink your cold beverage out of, man. Love it. Got a bunch of them, so we'll see, man. It's going to be a great time. And then the show is Sunday. I'll be at the show Sunday. I'll probably be in Wembley a little earlier than normal. So if you guys can't make the meet and greet, I will be holding another little get-together. If you guys want to get together on Sunday before the show and we all go to the show together, I'll let you guys know where that's going to be. That will probably be at Box Park, but I will let you guys know, man. So keep it to the socials, and we'll figure it all out. 
Sunday All In. We will be there. We may do a little something after the show is over. I mean, I'm looking to party after the show. I'm not going live after the show. We'll be going live on Monday from a studio, a podcast studio in London that I already have booked. Jesse, I think, is going to be with me. I will definitely be going live on Monday, 5 p.m. British summertime, which is going to be about 12 Eastern time here in the United States. So keep an eye on that, guys. Lots of stuff coming up. I may do some light filming. I'm not really a vlogger. If there's any breaking news, I'll have my my camera with me. I'll have my setup with me, minus the green screen. I'm not take I'm not taking the venue to the United Kingdom. It's just too much. But I'll have all my other shit. We'll get some content out. Should be a fun time, man. Should be great. And tonight's show is sponsored by my friends over at Black Forest Supplements, man. We'll talk about my friends over at Black Forest Supplements a little bit later, man. But they sent me this great bottle of NMN. You're going to need some NMN during this Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus promo. You guys want some energy. You guys want just to stay awake, man, and, and have better focus. Don't watch Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. This is going to get you to stay awake through those long, dreadful nights on Monday night, man. We'll talk about my friends over at Black Forest Supplements a little bit later on in the show. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We already have a $100 bomb that I got to get to. So get them on in. Memberships are open. Make sure you guys become a member right here on OTS. And hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for 1,000 likes right here on the Monday Night Raw post show. My God, Jason Barker, man. This guy is absolutely a savage. Another $100 super chat. He says, I'm leaving this here. This one match I'm looking forward to is the Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins match. I will watch this later. I have work tomorrow, OTS for life. Thank you, Jason. If you're watching this in the AM, we appreciate you here from the OTS family, brother. Thank you so very much. Monday Night Raw, Sami Zayn started off Monday Night Raw, and my God, man, the reaction that Sami Zayn got on Monday night tonight was absolutely incredible. This was Sammy's second best, I would say, in front of a live audience. The reaction that he got was the second best reaction he got in front of a live audience. Uh, the first one was obviously in Montreal, the SmackDown before the Elimination Chamber. And then at, again at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, unbelievable going into that match with Roman Reigns. They adored this man tonight. Chance of Olay. Sammy got emotional. He just stood there. He just kind of absorbed all of that energy. And he just, he just lived in the moment, man. Great stuff. It makes me happy to see someone like Sammy Zayn get that type of reaction, man. Because, you know, when I look at Sammy Zayn, I look at somebody... That WWE doesn't really want to push as a top guy. These fans, they think Sami Zayn's a top guy. He got the reaction of a top guy. He's never going to be the guy. He's never going to be the world champion. He's never going to be the guy that WWE puts the belt on to carry the company for any amount of time. 
These people think that is Sami Zayn, basically. Love this crowd. Makes me happy to know that someone that's busted his ass and he, he is not cut of that typical WWE cloth. He gets this type of reaction. It's great. It's unbelievable. He got a bigger reaction than Cody Rhodes did tonight. That says a lot. Even though it is his hometown, it says a lot. Because Cody's the number one guy. He should be getting these types of reactions everywhere. Sammy and KO got a huge reaction tonight. Spoke a few words in French. And then the Judgment Day came out and interrupted. It's the same thing every single week. And this is why, as a fan, I'm a little frustrated with the WWE creative side of things on Monday Night Raw. Somebody comes out. They say a few words. Out comes Judgment Day. Blah, blah, blah. They bicker back and forth. We get a brawl. Sets up the main event for the show. And it's some aspect of Cody or Seth or Sami Zayn before tonight. And now Kevin Owens against Judgment Day. Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Finn Balor. It's the same old shit every single week. And as a fan, and I know you guys are very, very frustrated and just over the fact that we get the same fucking main event every single week. But here they are. So they they walked to the ring, did Judgment Day. They circled the ring. Sammy then asked if Judgment Day, Judgment Day really thought he'd come to Quebec alone. And Kevin Owens' music hits. He charged out. Dominic tried to intercept him in the aisleway. KO beat him up. He then gave Damian Priest a stunner. Sammy and KO stood in the ring and, again, just soaked the moment in. Fans were chanting, KO, KO. He then said, it's been too long since he's wrestled on Raw, so we challenged any two members of Judgment Day to face them later tonight in the main event. He then said something in French, and the fans cheered. So, obviously, the crowd was the standout aspect of this segment. Other than that, it was the typical WWE Monday Night Raw segment with the Judgment Day and the revolving door of characters to set up the main event for this week's show. I mean, I could probably shit out more creativity than WWE does with these weekly Raw shows. And they're going to need to do something a little bit more substantial because before you know it, we only got a couple weeks left to go. We'll be in the midst of the NFL season on Monday night with Monday Night Football. I don't know how many people are going to sit and watch the same main event every single week when they got big-time games on ESPN. Not going to happen. They better get their fucking act together or Monday Night Raw is going to get destroyed like it usually does. The New Day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods against Matt Riddle. And Drew McIntyre. This was uh, made last week. The tag team match was made last week. And I actually appreciate the fact that they laid out the challenge did the New Day because they want to win to see who is the better team and who should be getting the WWE tag team title opportunity first. Wow, what a novel concept. Tag team wants to win and then claim they're the number one contenders. They want to beat another team to claim that they are the number one contenders instead of beating the champions in a championship contenders match. Love it. McIntyre and Riddle, I don't see this lasting through payback. I don't know what they're doing with McIntyre, but clearly they have some sort of plan for him 
Well, maybe they don't. I don't know. I said last week that I think this team with Riddle is just going to end up turning McIntyre into a heel, which I think is the best option for him. He needs something different. The babyface shtick is not working for Drew McIntyre anymore. Matt Riddle is a solid enough babyface that if you want to do that, it would come off well. I don't know where Randy Orton fits into this. The last I heard, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle are not going to have anything to do with each other upon Randy Orton's return, even though I do think that they should tie up those loose ends because the last time we saw Randy Orton was with Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle's kind of had a revolving door of tag teams here on Monday Night Raw. He seems to be lost in the shuffle as well. We know why Matt Riddle isn't really doing anything substantial himself on Monday night. WWE doesn't trust him, man. He's a wild child. He's out there impregnating porn stars, and he's living that fucking life. He's just, I don't know, man. He's not really a good PR move for WWE, though he's a great fucking wrestler. I think Matt Riddle's great, but WWE's not going to do anything substantial with him in a big-time role. McIntyre, I think him going heel is the right move. New Day being back adds a solid team to the tag team division, and WWE has some solid teams brewing here, man. I wouldn't mind seeing a tag team tournament of sorts on WWE television to crown a new number one contender. To be quite honest with you, I think the tag team tournament should spend both shows on Raw and SmackDown. They got some solid teams. So we'll see what happens with that. New Day, McIntyre, Riddle open the show. McIntyre tossed Kingston and Woods around. Riddle was pumped, and he gave McIntyre a big hug. McIntyre grabbed him and suplexed him over the top onto New Day. McIntyre smiled, and Riddle was excited. And McIntyre, no sign of turning on Riddle tonight. New Day, we're in control, and we are going into a commercial break. We come back, and New Day was working Riddle. Kingston came off the top rope, but Riddle nailed him in the face with a lifting knee strike, which looked brutal. Riddle then gave Woods an avalanche fisherman suplex. That was nicely done. Riddle, he was going to try, I think, and attempt a hot tag on Drew McIntyre. Eric of the Viking Raiders was on the outside. I don't know where he came from. It looks like he might have come from underneath the ring. He yanked McIntyre off the apron. Kingston then gave Riddle a trouble in paradise as he was distracted for the one, two, three, and the New Day get the victory over McIntyre and Matt Riddle. So Eric and Ivar then laid out the New Day and Riddle after the match, but McIntyre fought them off by himself. Crowd was into Riddle and McIntyre as a team, but clearly they are still going with this Riddle and McIntyre duo against the Viking Raiders for whatever reason. I don't know. There really isn't any story there. I, I wish WWE would come up with a solid story and, and tell us what the story is here. Why are the Viking Raiders seeking out McIntyre and Matt Riddle? I, I don't really get it. it what, what's the premise there? Do they want to be the number one tag team in WWE? Do they want the advantage over the other teams to get a tag team title opportunity? What, what is it? I don't know. I'm not really interested in it, but WWE's got a nice revolving door of tag teams here. I'd like to see some competitive nature in that tag team division, if that's where you're going. Jackie Redmond interviewed J.D. McDonough. The fake J.D., by the way. He's fake. I'm the real J.D. 
He's the Irish ace. I'm the New York ace. Two aces. Interview J.D. McDonough and Finn Balor. She asked if McDonough's involvement was creating more tension within the Judgment Day. Uh, yeah, Miss Redmond. McDonough says he's known Balor his whole life. And he's like an older brother. He hoped his involvement would make Judgment Day even stronger. Balor was offended by Redmond's question and reminded her that they laid out Zane and Cody Rhodes last week thanks to J.D. McDonough. So Ripley with Dominic interrupted the interview because she wanted to discuss tonight's tag team match with Balor. We need to come up with who is challenging Sami Zayn and KO tonight, but you can't bring McDonough. He's not a part of Judgment Day business. Balor was okay with this. He says he'd catch up with McDonough later, and he left with Rhea Ripley. Now, the rumor is that Damian Priest is going to get booted from the Judgment Day. Now, if you guys watched my extra over the weekend, we talked about this. I believe it was on the extra that I did when we talked about Cash Wheeler and his arrest in Florida. There's a spoiler going around on Judgment Day and the plans creatively for Judgment Day on Monday night. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that WWE is planning to have Priest, Damian Priest, not Finn Balor, leave the group. Meltzer speculated the possible addition of J.D. McDonough to the group based off of what WWE has done as of late with him and the group. Meltzer said, and I quote, while this could easily change, the long-term plan is Priest out of Judgment Day. Whether that means McDonough is in, that's a probable, but not 100%, because plans always change in WWE. I like that move. I think if I had a choice between the two, I'm going to go have Priest get booted and leave Finn Balor in the Judgment Day because Balor in the Judgment Day with J.D. McDonough is the right move. I think if J.D. McDonough is without Finn Balor right now, I don't think he's going to get where he needs to be. I think that's going to solidify him where he needs to be on the card on Monday night. Damian Priest has clearly shown you what he's capable of and has shown you his growth throughout 2023. I think Damian Priest on his own would be fine, honestly. Now, the briefcase is still going to be in play. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but I think it just serves as more of a storyline with Balor and McDonough in Judgment Day, and then they boot Damian Priest out. Maybe it's because of the briefcase. Maybe it's because of McDonough himself, and Priest doesn't want McDonough in the Judgment Day. I don't know. How they're going to go about this is going to be very interesting. But I think Priest and Balor has a story there. The, the, the story there between Priest and Balor is greater than anything that we got. Balor could, you know, ruin Damian Priest's cash-in at some point. Meanwhile, he molds McDonough into what he needs to be in the Judgment Day on Raw. There's just more upside to Damian Priest being booted and keeping Balor within the Judgment Day. So that's the rumor going around right now. How we get there, that remains to be seen. Hopefully, WWE has a little bit more of a storyline focus going into payback. So we'll see what happens there a week from Saturday. There was a Shayna Baszler video 
with clips showcasing the damage of her offense. I'm not here to be your hero. I'm here to set it all on fire. I don't know why we're all talking about fire lately. It seems like everywhere you look, something's burning down. But Shayna Baszler, she's going to set it all on fire. I don't know what you're setting on fire. The women's division? Probably not. Probably not. Gunther, he cut a backstage promo. And I like this little vignette of Gunther. There was a little sound bite. Reminded me of the old school WWF superstars. When we used to watch it here on Fox 5 at 12 noon on Saturday and Sunday. Little sound bite aired with Gunther. Who said the world would witness the glory of the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He said time is his friend. Because he keeps building his legacy. Gunther is a few weeks away from breaking the all-time record. Now, I've seen some geeks online claiming that WWE will be in Nashville next week and that Gunther should chop the honky-tonk man. No, I think that would be cringe. I don't think the honky-tonk man should be showcased on any current WWE program in the middle of Gunther's run. Gunther is greater than that, and he doesn't need to be subjected to mid-card garbage. But the record will be broken after payback. That's the deal. So WWE could really get some mileage if they want out of this Gunther and Chad Gable feud. Take it through Raw. Take it through payback. Maybe we get it the week after payback. Maybe they save it for Fastlane. I don't know. We'll talk about that in just a little bit because that was the next match. That was the next match. Gunther and Chad Gable for the Intercontinental Championship. Byron Saxton interviewed Otis and Gable and Maxine backstage. Otis reminisced about being a tag team with Gable, but he said tonight is about Gable doing it on his own. Maxine said, Coach Gable showed her the way. And he's been working towards this moment for 10 years. He's never won a single championship in WWE. She said, if anyone can do the impossible, it's Chad Gable. And then he said, thank you, as he walked through the curtain. Chad Gable and Gunther had a great TV match. This was awesome. Crowd chanted, this is awesome, in the middle of this match. They gave them... A decent amount of time with one commercial break thrown in between. If this match was this good on TV, you can imagine them with no commercial breaks and on pay-per-view. Imagine the damage these two guys can do. Now, the match itself to me was a very well-thought-out match. Very simple, very basic. You don't need to do too much with somebody the size of Chad Gable, and you don't need to do something... You know, that's going to be, oh, my God, over the top because Gunther is obviously the bigger of the two and he is the larger of the two. He outweighs Chad Gable by a good 50-plus pounds. You don't need to do too much. This is a simple formula, David versus Goliath formula. Most of this match was basically Gunther owning Gable, throwing Gable around, shopping Gable, tossing him around like a little kid. Beating him up very easily, handing Gable 
a fucking beating. Easy. Very simple. And in the closing two, three minutes, Gable mounts that babyface comeback. He gets the crowd behind him. He gets that crowd to pop for the big moves as he's been beaten down all match, showing you his strength, showing you how, how much he could really still go even late into the match after being beaten down. And then all the while, Gunther starts to get frustrated slowly more and more and more and more. That's the story. You don't need to do too much to tell a story with these two guys. That is the story. And that is where WWE is going with this. So they did some mat wrestling for a little bit right at the bell. Gunther chopped Gable down. That's basically all he needed to do. Gable really never recovered from that. Gunther dropped Gable back first on top of the barricade on the outside. Gable just got back into the ring at a nine count. So they're selling the fact that Gunther's chops are that debilitating. Gunther used a double underhook suplex, whipped him into the corner. He took the Bret Hart chest bump on the top turnbuckle. Gable was beaten up. Gunther tried another Irish Irish whip, and Gable collapsed because he was beating him up so badly in the match. Gunther then mocked him, started kicking him and mocking him at the same time. Gable starts to make a babyface comeback, fired up with some kicks of his own before dragging Gunther with an armbar through the ropes. Gable came off the top, but Gunther chopped him and then picked him back up and hit a devastating clothesline. He goes for a cover. He only gets a two count off the lariat. Gunther hit another clothesline, goes for another cover and gets a two count. Gable countered a third clothesline attempt into a crucifix pin, which the crowd ate up. It was a big two and a half. Gunther applied a sleeper, but Gable got to his feet with Gunther on his back, showing you his strength even after getting his ass beat. Gable fought back, some running forearms, a big back suplex. Gable blocked a knee strike and applied an ankle lock, but Gunther kicked his way out of it. Gable then tackled Gunther and started giving him some punches. Gable hit a few chops and then the German suplex for a two count. Gable goes up top, sets up from Moonsault. Gunther shoved him off the top turnbuckle to the outside. Gable ducked the chop after Gunther followed him out there. Gunther ended up chopping the ring post instead, which was the turning point of the match. Gable gave Gunther a German suplex over the barricade near the timekeeper's area, which looked fucking brutal. I thought he was going to drop Gunther on the fucking back of his neck. That's how bad it looked. Thank God Gunther's all right. So over the barricade in the timekeeper's area, he's over the barricade. Gable runs back into the ring. The referee's up to a nine and then a 10. And he beats the referee's count. And Gable slipped back in in time as Gunther got counted out. He gets the win over the IC champion via count out, but doesn't win the championship. Gable celebrated. They announced him as winning via count out. And still, WWE Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Gunther was upset. Gunther was very, very upset. And the match ends with him retaining the title via a countout loss. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be upset 
with the ending of the match. The celebration of Chad Gable looked a little silly because he didn't win the championship. I'm trying to see it from Monday night at least through the 9th, I believe, or the 7th, one of those days. I think he breaks the record on September 7th is when Gunther breaks the honky-tonk man's record. So they'll go through the 7th, and then they more than likely have to get into into Fastlane, which is the pay-per-view in October. Now, I don't know what they plan to do, and I don't know how you guys felt about this ending, but I'm not looking at it as, oh my God, that's lame. How can they have him celebrating when he didn't win the championship? You got to take the small victories when you can get them. Nobody has beaten Gunther. Nobody. Nobody's pinned Gunther. Nobody has had the honor of saying, I beat Gunther on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown, on the main roster. He's been untouchable. He's been absolutely just on top of the world. He's got he's godlike status on the main roster. His, his rating in, if this was a video game, Gunther's rating would be a 99. That's how, that's how dominant he's been on the main roster. He beat Gunther. That's enough of a celebration in itself. But the title is what you really want to be celebrating over. Now, the whole story is, you saw what the story was. The whole story is Gunther getting upset. Gunther's emotions are going to get the best of him. He's already starting to take his emotions out on Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. I don't know what they have to do with this. They weren't even out there. Gunther wanted to win it on his own. He said he'd do it on his own. Those two stayed in the back. So what the fuck are you blaming them for? Gunther's emotions are going to get the best of him. And Gunther is going to lose this championship because he can't keep his emotions in check. It is going to eat him alive knowing that Gable has bested him in all these different ways and that he can't pin Chad Gable. But when it matters most... Chad Gable is going to reap the benefits of Gunther being overly emotional and being flustered and frustrated that he can't beat Gable to eventually beat Gunther and become the new Intercontinental Champion. WWE made a notation of the fact that Chad Gable has never won a singles championship in WWE. They don't throw those types of statistics out there because it sounds good on the air. They're telling you something, and they're getting you ready for what's potentially to come. Chad Gable may win his first championship, and that first championship may be the greatest that he'll ever win in his entire life. By beating Gunther, who just broke the honky-tonk men's record as the longest-reigning intercontinental champion of all time. There's nobody else on this show. There's nobody else on this show that should get that honor. You can sit there and come up with names, but nobody is on this show better than Chad Gable. And I'm telling you right now, I am telling you right now, if Gunther retains the title in this feud with Chad Gable, I would have him go into the world championship match with Seth Rollins next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40. As the Intercontinental Champion. It would be Intercontinental Champion versus WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I'm telling you right now. If Chad Gable does not win 
the Intercontinental Championship, then nobody should be beating Gunther before WrestleMania 40. That's what I have to say there. It would look fucking great if Gunther walked into WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion, challenging Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship. I know it would. But Chad Gable should win the Intercontinental title. I think we are at a point where Gunther's done all that he can with the IC title. How we get there, I don't know. They're going to give you a revolving door of Gable versus Kaiser and Gable versus Vinci. I don't know how they get us to payback. I don't. I don't know how you get us through a whole other month with this. That's the problem. WWE is going to run the gambit of fucking matches and give you every possible combination of matches between Imperium and the Alpha Academy. How do we get another month and a half out of this feud to get it through payback, to get it into Fastlane? I don't know. Maybe we get a second match at payback. Maybe it happens on the Raw after payback, which would give Gunther the... Now, he wouldn't get the record. I think that's the seventh. A week after payback. Maybe we get a match on that Raw a week after payback. He's already owned the record. Maybe we get it then. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, that third and final, we're definitely getting three matches out of it. I could see it already. We're definitely getting three matches out of Gunther and Shad Gable. The third match, the deciding match, should be an Iron Man match. Whether it's a 60-minute Iron Man match, a one-hour uh, one, one may, be, may be too long for the WWE audience. I mean, they got the fucking brain capacity of a goddamn goldfish. I mean, these people are fucking just impatient as fuck. I mean, I wouldn't mind a 60-minute Iron Man match between Shad Gable and Guthrie. Sign me the fuck up, man. I could watch them wrestle all three hours of Raw if that was the case. Maybe a 30-minute Iron Man match. I think that's a little bit more digestible for this audience. 30-minute Iron Man match. The one guy who gets the most pinfalls in 30 minutes wins the IC title. I could see any sort of match like that happening. But Chad Gable should be the one to beat Gunther for the IC title. Judgment Day. They discussed who should team up tonight against KO and Sami Zayn. I don't give a shit who teams up. We've seen every different combination. What difference is it going to be? Nothing. Byron Saxton. He interviewed Cody Rhodes backstage. He asked how he felt about the way Raw ended after he beat Finn Balor. Cody said McDonough's head is too big for his body and he looks like a Funko Pop. Cody then told Saxton to follow him to the ring. The camera followed them through the entrance tunnel onto the stage. Fans began chanting, Cody, Cody. We didn't get the very stereotypical, whoa! We only got it once tonight. Actually, no, we didn't. I don't think we got it at all tonight. WWE took a night off from American Idol edition. So Cody walked out and spoke some French to the fans. He then welcomed my friend Wade Barrett and Michael Cole to Monday Night Raw. He then talked about how Judgment Day have the numbers game on their side. He asked the fans if they'll be in the corner of Sammy and KO tonight to make up 
for that numbers game. Wow, what a what a thrilling promo by Cody Rhodes. He said absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing of importance. What do you want to talk about? He talked in French. He asked everybody in French, what do they want to talk about? I don't know, Cody. How about where you're going into payback? How you come out of just four months of absolutely dull and bland, uncreative laziness with Brock Lesnar. You come out of four months of feud with Brock Lesnar that equal three matches to basically nothing. They gave us all that following WrestleMania and then haven't given Cody jack shit to do going into payback. What is Cody's role at payback? I thought we were going to get a six-man tag at payback. Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor against Cody, Sammy, and KO. But we got that tonight. So what exactly are we getting at Payback? Are we getting Sammy and KO defending the titles against Finn and Damian Priest? Is Cody wrestling J.D. McDonough? Being that he called him a Funko Pop. He said J.D. McDonough looks like a Funko Pop. I mean, it should be a fun match. I don't know who the fuck's going to care. But I guess they got to flesh out the payback card with as many matches as they can, huh? I don't know. What is Cody doing following his three and a half months, four months of feud with Brock Lesnar? I'm, I'm struggling to figure it out. How, how do they get Cody to WrestleMania? Don't know. Absolutely just mind-bogging, just mind-numbing, mind-boggling just laziness from WWE. I don't know. Shinsuke Nakamura. Remember last week when we talked about Shinsuke Nakamura and the fact that WWE brought him out in front of a live audience and he got the, what? 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 From the crowd? The Toronto crowd, I believe they were, right? Where were they last week? Toronto? Calgary? Where were they? Canada. Somewhere in Canada. What? They gave Nakamura the what chant. Why did he attack Seth Rollins a week before last week on Monday Night Raw? I want the world title. Great. Shinsuke Nakamura wants the very thing that everybody should want on Monday Night Raw. If you're an employee of this roster, you should want the world title. Great. What explanation do we got for Nakamura, pal? Oh, how about how many wants the world title, Vince? That's good shit, pal. No, it's not. It's not. It's bland and generic. Nakamura's promo sucks. They don't highlight his strengths. WWE, all they did with this promo last week was highlight his weaknesses, and he can't speak English well at all. 
Your challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship is getting the what treatment? What a terrible segment last week. What did I tell you? What did I tell you last week in regards to this segment and how WWE should handle that? They should take Shinsuke Nakamura and give him a backstage vignette of sorts where he either has a translator or he's speaking in Japanese with subtitles and he's not in front of the live audience. He could put some fucking eerie music over it. You can have him with some nice lighting and make him a menace, make him a sinister fucking threat to the world championship. What do you think WWE did after we recommended this last week? They did everything that I said on last week's live stream this week. This was the absolute best presentation of Shinsuke Nakamura that we've gotten since he's gotten called up to the main roster. I don't know why we haven't ventured down this road yet with Shinsuke Nakamura. It took them how many years to get it right? They got it right tonight. Absolutely incredible. This segment was fucking great. Had the lighting, it had the music, it had Nakamura confident in front of the camera, speaking Japanese with the fucking subtitles on, so I know what he's saying. Nakamura speaking in Japanese with the subtitles on. He said, what he said filled him with fear, Rollins. It filled Rollins with fear. He said, Seth acts like he has it all, but he knows Seth's weakness. What did Nakamura whisper to Seth Rollins? That was the the, uh, whole thing about this Nakamura segment. Nakamura is going to reveal what he whispered to Seth Rollins. I whispered to Seth, he says, I know about your back. Now, it's been heavily reported that Seth Rollins has been dealing with nagging injuries. And Rollins has been on record saying he doesn't know how long he's going to be able to go under the current circumstances. I don't know how long he's going to be able to go. He said he knows he lives in pain and that creates a void in him he cannot fill. He said when he hugs his wife, he's in pain. When he picks his child up, he feels pain. He says he might be world champion, but every day of his life is filled with pain. He says his worst fears are now coming true. He knows that I can break him once and for all. He says he and Seth aren't all that different because he has a void too. He says he lives by a code others do not. He said that code is on Seth's back. And they showed a little still shot of Seth's back tattoo. He said Seth's body has crumbled under the pressure of his own vanity. And Nakamura closed the segment with saying, watch your back. This wasn't cheesy. He didn't compromise Nakamura as a challenger going into the pay-per-view. The crowd didn't hijack the show. You made Nakamura come off as a threat to the World Heavyweight Championship. And by that and that alone, this segment succeeded more so than anything WWE tried last week. 
I get last week was a setup they wanted to shoe in this week with the whisper. What did Nakamura whisper in Seth Rollins' ear? We didn't need him to be out in front of a live audience last week. We didn't. You could have easily did this last week in the back in a close setting with Nakamura speaking Japanese to Seth Rollins with him getting up from whatever you want to do and whispering to his ear whatever he needed to tell him. We didn't need Nakamura. We don't need Nakamura in front of a live audience. And if he's going to be in front of a live audience, he should have a fucking translator speaking English to us while Nakamura speaks Japanese so that he comes off more like a fucking prick-like heel than he does if he's speaking on his own. This was excellent. This was absolutely great stuff by Nakamura. WWE nailed it with this segment. Rhea Ripley. She made her entrance and she had a match against Candice LeRae. I'll give you one clue on how this one went. One minute and 30 seconds. Candice, she got... A little iota of an offense here on Rhea Ripley with her uh, springboard moonsault. She went for a near fall on the moonsault, but Rhea Ripley finished her off just like that with a prism lock, and that was basically it. One minute and 30 seconds, Rhea Ripley squashes Candice LeRae. I mean, what are we doing here? Is Vince back in charge for the night? Honestly, why is Candice LeRae, someone who could probably out-wrestle everybody on that fucking roster, getting squashed in one minute and 30 seconds? Ridiculous. But at least they're on the show, right? At least, at least they made TV, right? That's why WWE's women's division is in shambles. There's no new, fresh faces on the up and up. After the match was over, Raquel Rodriguez, who wasn't smiling, by the way... Walked out on a crutch. She went after Rhea Ripley, kicking her in the chest. She gets in the ring and revealed that she is medically cleared and has a match at payback for the WWE World Women's Championship and Rhea Ripley. Great. Now all the fucking geeks and the soy boy geeks online can stop arguing with each other and stop crying Rhea Ripley's going to be on a PLE. Great. Great. Told you guys to be patient and let the feud play out. How much would this feel or how would this feel if this happened at Summer Scam? You would have been scammed out of a title match, right? Rhea Ripley going into a match with Raquel Rodriguez, who is injured... Doesn't really serve as anything positive for Raquel Rodriguez. You need her to look strong. WWE wanted her to come back and rehabilitate the injury and get the one up on Raquel so that she looks like a viable threat going into payback. And the name of the pay-per-view actually makes sense for the feud because she's looking for payback on Rhea Ripley, who injured her partner Liv Morgan a few weeks ago. No, but the geeks don't understand that. They want what they want. They want women's wrestling, even though WWE can't even get the fundamentals right. Just be patient. Tommaso Ciampa. Love me some psycho killer. Tommaso Ciampa. He sat backstage like he does, or like he did, I should say, when he was back in NXT. This was some black and gold stuff here. Loved it. 
Tommaso Ciampa sat backstage and he said he returned nine weeks ago. Imagine having Tommaso Ciampa on the main roster back from injury for nine weeks and this is the extent of his run. Awful. Should be ashamed of yourselves. And he's been been reflecting on what he wants. He says he's been champion and on top before and he likes that feeling. He says he's happy for Chad Gable but he would be lying if he didn't say he wanted to be in his position getting the IC championship match against Gunther. He said he nearly had Nakamura defeated. He says he's there to take over. He gets up, he flips the chair like he usually does to end the sit-down promo. Good stuff. I know Tommaso Champ has been having this campaign on social media. Where's Johnny? Hanging flyers up and handing flyers out to everybody. Where's his buddy Johnny Gargano? Where is Johnny Gargano? I don't know. Don't know what we're doing. Hopefully they have a fucking plan for Gargano because him being off TV for this long is also very, very shameful of WWE. The fuck are we doing? Two of the greatest NXT champions of all time. You might have number one and number three in the top three. Adam Cole would be number two. Tommaso Ciampa is the greatest. Adam Cole and then Johnny Gargano. What are we doing? Come on now. They should absolutely be all over that show. Miz, he came out and talked about L.A. Knight being a blip on the radar 20 years from now. He called him a human fidget spinner. He says he's not on his level. Fans were chanting for Maurice, Maurice. And then Miz told the crowd in Quebec that Maurice would never visit their city. At least Quebec has great taste in women. He says he's not on his level. He says he evolves and he keeps getting better. Tonight, he had the opportunity to pick his own opponent. So he picked someone stronger, bigger, and more dominant than anyone L.A. Knight has ever faced. Out comes Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa walked out. Former 24-7 champion. Former cruiserweight champion. Akira Tozawa, who hasn't won a WWE match, I don't believe, in the last six years. Akira Tozawa. So, Akira Tozawa walked out. Miz says, it's sad the 24-7 title doesn't exist anymore because it's the perfect title for LA Knight because he's a watered-down throwback of the Attitude Era. He asked Tozawa, if this is the biggest match of his career. Tozawa said, yeah. Miz didn't like him saying, yeah. Tozawa said, what? Miz was very frustrated with Tozawa's antics. He gave him the what? He gave him the yeah. What? Yeah. Miz then said, this is stupid. I laughed. It was so stupid that I laughed. He said, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for Tozawa, and it's not funny. He kicked Tozawa, cheap shot at him. Miz versus Tozawa. I don't believe we booked Tozawa on Raw against the Miz. 
LA Knight walks out. He absolutely got a superstar reaction when he came out. He joined the commentary team. And he was on the commentary team for this match with Knight, or uh, Miz, rather, and Tozawa was LA Knight. He said Miz was a background player to the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Attitude Era. Wade Barrett said fans can be fickle, and so Miz is speaking some truth. Knight said a fan had a sign that said they drove four hours to see LA Knight. He said some fans have never driven four hours to see The Miz. Tozawa had head scissored The Miz, who was redirected himself into the steel steps. Miz set up for a skull-crushing finale, but Tozawa rolled out of it and leveraged Miz's shoulders down for the one, two, three. So LA Knight, he was on commentary. He gets up, he gets into the ring, and he gives The Miz a blunt force trauma. Miz argued with the referee. Knight laid him out. Crowd liked L.A. Knight. He did the whole L.A. Knight. Yeah. Great. Look for this match to take place at Payback in a week and a half. Drew McIntyre. He wrestled with Matt Riddle earlier in the show against the New Day. They lost. Riddle talked to Drew McIntyre about their success. I don't know what success he's talking about. They lost. Drew says he appreciates his enthusiasm, but he has had enough of the drama lately in his life, and he's now focused on singles. Great. He said being a team won't work out. The New Day walked in and told them they have potential as a team and they shouldn't give up. Xavier said they have a team name for them, and he said they should be called McRiddle. Drew wasn't thrilled with this name. Neither was I. Sounds like something that should be on the fucking McDonald's dollar menu, but I'll leave that there. Hi, can I get a McRiddle, please? With the side of hash browns. Kofi thanked them for having their back out there against the Viking Raiders. They said they face the Raiders next week, but after that, they'd love to do a rematch. So they fist bumped. Riddle covered his hands and said, paper covers rock. Great. Uh, Listen, man, tag team wrestling. I love tag team wrestling. Let's get tag team wrestling back at the forefront on WWE TV. But I do think that Matt Riddle is going to get turned on by Drew McIntyre. That's my prediction there. Backstage, Rhea Ripley asked Damian Priest if they worked things out. Him and Balor. Priest said Balor wanted to talk to McDonough about it. He asked what else he could do. What do I do? Ripley said she gave them a chance to work things out, and now they're going to do things her way. She shook her head and walked away. Dominic, he doesn't want to upset Mommy. He looks scared. Becky Lynch! Great! We got a Becky Lynch promo on Monday night. Oh, man. This was when Hour 3 started. What is wrong with you people in WWE that you take Monday Night Raw and you start Hour 3 with a Becky Lynch promo? Why would you go and do that? 
Why would you do that to your audience, man? You want a surefire way of fans tuning out of Monday Night Raw? Start hour three off with Becky Lynch. My little hobbits. My little lemons. I'm gonna squeeze them and give them to my hobbits. My precious. Absolutely ridiculous, man. How many of you guys fell asleep during this segment? I'm assuming many of you. How many of you guys fell asleep during this segment? Honestly. I know I did. Seriously. You guys want a surefire way to stay awake when Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus hit your TV screens? Check out my sponsor for today's show, man. Black Forest Supplements. He sent me a bottle of this NMN. Telling you, man, this is the stuff that you're going to need to stay awake during rolls like this. What is NMN? It is a supplement. It is the derivative of the B vitamin, niacin, that dramatically improves health and longevity by serving as a precursor to the NAD+, which is a compound that plays a crucial role in energy production, muscle regeneration. So it's perfect for me because I go to the gym. Metabolism and gene expression in the body. NMN works by replenishing diminished NAD+, levels, which naturally fall at a rate at about 1% per year. So a 50-year-old person, for example, has half of the NAD plus they had in their youth. So why is NAD plus important? Because NAD plus is a coenzyme found in all living cells. It's required for all the body's fundamental biological processes and is absolutely essential for life, man. You're going to get improved energy. Improved energy during a Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus promo, man. You're going to need that. Metabolic boost. And endurance and strength and anti-aging. And I don't know if you guys know, man, but the FDA is seeking and may have already, I believe they may have already banned NMN. Recently, the FDA concluded that because it is under investigation by pharmaceutical companies, of course they are, as a potential new drug supplement, companies can no longer offer NMN. Now, this decision's raised some concerns among industry leaders about federal dietary supplement policies, man. So, you guys, if you want some NMN, you're going to have to go and find it through Black Forest Supplements, man. Seriously. So, make sure you guys go and check them out and use my code SCRIPT. So, make sure you guys go and check them out. And I want to thank Black Forest Supplements for sponsoring the show right here on OTS. Becky Lynch, she stood middle of the ring. She said she's realized her legacy won't be defined by championships or wins, but by survival. She said she will face Trish Stratus in a cage, but she still has business with Zoe Stark too. So Trish Stratus music hits, and oh my God, the segment went from bad to worse. She spoke in French, 
And she said being in Quebec City means absolutely nothing to her. It's not like this is Montreal. You're not even Toronto. And then she goes to the hockey references and said, at least the Maple Leafs made the playoffs. If you got a resort to mentioning hockey in the birthplace of hockey and you still get no reaction, what does that mean for this feud? She entered the ring and said she wouldn't even be there if Becky wasn't running her mouth. She entered the ring and said she is the best of her generation and every generation. She said she has proven herself and she will do so again in a cage against Becky and stand tall. She said Becky will see a side of her she has never seen before and she should be very scared. Becky revealed that she will face Stark in a Falls Count Anywhere match in two weeks. Nobody cares. The crowd was chanting, nobody gives a fuck in French to Trish Stratus. Just to give you guys a glimpse into what the fans in Quebec City thought of this feud and thought of this segment. This is constantly, week after week after week after week, been the worst segment on WWE television. It's been the worst segment on weekly wrestling television. I'd take QTV over this fucking garbage. That's how bad this feud has been. It has done absolutely nothing for Becky. It's done absolutely nothing for Trish Stratus. And it's done absolutely nothing for Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark is as cold as the fucking iceberg that the Titanic crashed into. Ridiculous. I don't know how you guys enjoy Becky Lynch, man. I, I really don't. I don't. Becky Lynch, she, after all things considered, after all things have played out, Becky Lynch is the worst of the four horsewomen. I would actually put Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch tied for the worst in the four horsewomen. Mercedes is the best off out of all four of them. She left this fucking godforsaken company, this godforsaken division. She's doing what she wants to do, happy doing it. She's going to come back and win another championship whenever she's ready to come back. Bailey's even doing bigger things than fucking Becky and Charlotte with damage control, even though they're not really all that great, but at least Bailey's entertaining to watch. Becky Lynch is so overrated. It is not even funny anymore. She's very mid in the ring. Nothing that she does elicits any excitement. The Becky Lynch hype from when she broke her face to the title match at WrestleMania, she has had a downward decline every single week, every single month, every single year from that moment on. And now she is where she is. And right now, she may be the worst thing on WWE television. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Seriously. Shit is awful. I don't know how you recuperate from this. I I don't. I don't know how you resuscitate Becky from this shit creative. I don't know why anybody thinks Trish Stratus on TV still after just weekly segments that are ice cold. She can't cut a promo. Nobody cares. The feud is dead. You tried to take a fucking rookie in Zoe Stark within the NXT system to call her up to the main roster to pair her with Trish Stratus, and it's done the absolute worst for Zoe Stark. 
And WWE continues to try and try and try. And they think that this is going to work. A steel cage, a hell in a cell, a false count anywhere match. You could throw whatever the fuck you want at me with this feud. It's not going to work. Stop trying to manufacture heat when nothing is there. Nothing is there. Awful. Byron Saxton interviewed Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Green said their chemistry is off the charts. Piper said nothing and was not amused by Chelsea Green. We get Chelsea Green and Piper Niven against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. The smash went 90 seconds. When you want to know where Vince McMahon's influence came from, just look at the women's wrestling on this show tonight. 90 seconds with Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae. 90 seconds with this tag team match. Oh, but Vince isn't running the show, J.D. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Triple H, he doesn't book 90-second women's matches, especially with women that he molded on NXT, which would be all of these women on the show tonight. But I'll tell you who does. Vince McMahon and Bruce the Slob Pritchard. That's who. 90 seconds. Piper Niven squashed Carter, and that was it. Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, she, uh, Katana, I'm sorry. Caden Carter was taken out by Piper Niven, and then Niven squashed Katana Chance. 90 seconds. What good did this match do anybody? I mean, you actually got a legit team in Caden Carter and Katana Chance, and that's the best you got for them, 90 seconds. Thanks for coming to work, ladies. I'll see you later. The fuck are we doing? How did that benefit anybody? Now, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, I mean, if you like it, good for you. I don't really give a shit one way or another. These oddball pairings, I mean, they never work out. They don't. Is WWE going to go all in on Chelsea Green and Piper Niven? Probably not. Piper Niven is a fucking champion, and she didn't do anything to win a fucking belt. The the division sucks. The belts are fucking trash. Burn them and get rid of them. What what, what more do you want me to say? What new information do you want out of me on a weekly basis? What? Awful. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was backstage with Jackie Redmond. Interviewed Seth Rollins, who said he doesn't like to talk about his back situation, but Nakamura is right about his back. The fans did sing his song even in the backstage segment. Whoa! Says he's not sure how much longer he can wrestle at the level he has been. Said Nakamura better be prepared to face him Man-to-man, if he's going to bring up his family. Said Nakamura isn't even here tonight. Instead, he hid in a TV studio a thousand miles away. He said next week, he will give him one more chance to play his little mind games and show the world he's an honorable warrior. He said he'll repeat what he said last week 
He says he's not that hard to find, and he'll be in the ring with the world title around his waist, dressed impeccably, with the whole world singing his song. You know, I really liked the fact that Rollins got serious. If I could take one positive from this segment, I like the fact that they're using Rollins' real-life injury into a storyline or taking the real-life injury and making it into a storyline here to really enhance that Seth does have an injury and he does have a weakness, he does have a kryptonite, and Nakamura knows what it is. Now, when Rollins beats Nakamura, it's going to make Rollins seem better off for it. How that makes Nakamura look if he can't beat a man with a broken back, I don't know. But I will say this. I did like the fact that Rollins came out dressed like a fucking geek, as usual. The fans sang his song. But after that, when Jackie Redmond asked about the back injury and the fact that Nakamura brought up his family and his wife, that's when Rollins got serious. He got serious and all of that shit, the glasses and the fucking just silly looking attire and the fucking whoa, all that shit went out the window. Rollins became Rollins. He made this about the title. He made this about Nakamura. He made this about the match. WWE actually has taken Nakamura and Seth Rollins and added a dose of interest to it. I'm actually interested in what they have to offer now at Payback. Great stuff. Nakamura had a great promo. Rollins had a very effective promo. Good stuff. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Non-title match against Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Might as well not even talk about this match because it really didn't mean anything. The match got thrown out. It went about two minutes because J.D. McDonough was out there with the Judgment Day when he was not supposed to be out there. He tried sliding the briefcase into Balor, but Owens grabbed it and hit Balor with the briefcase for the DQ. So McDonough, who's not a part of Judgment Day, put his hands on Damian Priest's property used it to try and help them win the match. It backfired because Kevin Owens used it and got disqualified match, got thrown out the window. Damian Priest was angry. Why are you touching my shit? What are you doing here? I'm going to beat the shit out of you. He's yelling at J.D. McDonough. So Judgment Day swarmed Owens, and Zayn was there as well. They were being beaten up. All of Judgment Day were involved. Out comes Cody Rhodes to even the odds. Rhodes gets on the microphone and challenges him to a six-man tag team match. Adam Pearce comes out makes it official. So we got a tag team match that goes two minutes, which then leads to a six-man tag team match, which is the main event of Monday Night Raw. If you want to know what Vince McMahon had influence over on this show, this is a Vince McMahon move. Giving you a main event, only to change the main event into something else. Stop, start, restart it with other guys involved. Cody and Dominic. Absolutely the same fucking main event every single week. This one was no different. 
It's great that Kevin Owens is back. It's great that KO and Sami Zayn can resume their title reign. But it's the same match. Judgment Day beats up on the tag team champions. Judgment Day is in control. Hot tag to Cody Rhodes. Same old shit. And I'm not telling you the matches are bad. I'm not telling you the matches are just fucking terrible wrestling matches. But from one week to the next, to the next, to the next. I mean, what is the difference between these tag team matches? They are all produced in the same manner. What is different here? I don't get it. And there are people online that eat this shit up. Oh, uh, Raw was great. Raw was awesome, man. It's the same fucking match. What if I feed you the same fucking dinner seven days a week? Are you going to fucking like it or are you going to complain? I guarantee you, you'll complain. Huh? If you're watching a fucking show, your favorite weekly episodic drama, and you get the same episode every fucking week with no continuation of the storyline, are you going to enjoy it? Ridiculous. We got this six-man tag team match, Judgment Day, working on Owens. Ripley got involved behind the referee's back. Body slammed him behind the referee's back on the outside. Owens dropped Balor onto the announce desk. Priest tagged in. Crowd chanted for Owens, who super kicked Balor. Balor fell into Cody, who fell off the apron. Zayn made a tag. He started hammering away at Damian Priest, knocked his partners off the apron. Zayn gave Priest a tornado DDT for two. Balor distracted the referee. This allowed Rhea Ripley to yank Sammy off the top. And she's interfering again. Imagine that, Rhea Ripley interfering again. This allowed Priest to choke slam, but Owens broke up the cover after the choke slam to Zayn. Owens chucked Balor out of the ring, but Priest closed line Owens. Dominic tagged in. Zayn got his knees up on the frog splash. Rhodes jumps back on the apron. Sami Zayn makes the hot tag to Cody Rhodes. He runs wild as Cody. Rhodes hits Dominic with a disaster kick. Hits both Dom and Priest with double Cody cutters. Rhodes gave Balor a crossroads before Dom tried a schoolboy for a two. Rhodes gave Dom a crossroads. Zayn gave Dom a haluva kick, and Owens finished him off with a stunner for the one, two, three. The North American champion eats a pinfall loss on Monday Night Raw, but he ate all of their finishing moves. After the match, Zayn grabbed the microphone. He said, hey, Judgment Day, better luck next time, eh, bud? Zayn thanked Quebec, posed with the title belts, and the show ended with them celebrating with the tag team titles. Monday Night Raw, man. Cookie Cutter is what Darth Lord 5000 in the chat says. Yes, exactly. Cookie Cutter Raw. Cookie Cutter Raw. That's it. That's it. Don't know what else to tell you. Same old shit. Same old shit. I appreciate you guys joining me tonight on Monday night, man. It is the Monday Night Raw post right here on OTS. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. Again, go check out my friends over at Black Forest Supplements, man. Black Forest Supplements. You guys can go visit them 
and get your stuff today. Get on board, man. NMN is where it's all... It's what it's all about. BlackForestSupplements.com want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well, man. Let's try for a thousand likes on tonight's live stream. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys mark it on your calendars, man. The Off The Scripts UK meet and greet for All In. It's my first time in the United Kingdom ever. I've never been overseas. I went to Ireland. I went to Dublin last October. That was my first stamp on my passport. This will be my second. If you guys want to meet... Jesse and I, you guys want to hang out with the OTS crew? All Bar One at the Waterloo. Food, cocktails, craft beer, Saturday, August 26th, 7 p.m. It is accessible via the tube. You guys know the deal there. No matter where you are coming from, it is accessible, man. So I hope to see many of you there in the United Kingdom. Come on out. And if you can't make the meet and greet because you're traveling on the day of the show, I'll announce a little get-together before All In, and we will have fun before the show, man. But I thank you guys for joining me in London, and it's going to be great, man. I'll be hyping it up, getting you guys ready for the meet and greet for sure. Let's get into these Super Chats. Jarrett Howard with a $5 super chat. At the end of the year or beginning of next year, who will TK choose? MJF or Punk? Super Bowl 55 is rigged for the Eagles. Mania 40 up in like Alex Jones. Well, if you listen to Alex Jones, apparently there's a new pandemic on the way and we're going to have masks and lockdowns again, man. I hope he's wrong. I don't know about all that stuff, but I can't take another fucking lockdown, man. Nick Williams with 15 months. Thank you, brother. Real talk. The IC title match should a headline tonight's Raw. I'm sick of tag team main events. By the way, what are your top five Raw main events? Nick, I don't... I couldn't tell you, brother. That's something I got to go research, my man. I appreciate you being here for 15 months, though. MGM Bowling. $4.99. Much more fun when the crowd sings Sammy's song rather than Seth's same three notes. The Ole dragged on a bit. Also, I think Cora J broke the IWC today. Yes, WWE gave Cora J the Vince McMahon makeover. Cora J got the WWE makeover, man. Unbelievable. Sure, Braun Breaker's having fun with that, huh? Blurred the Nerd with the new membership. Thank you, Blurred. Appreciate that, man. Jamel Turney with a 199. Candice LeRae, best match is with EO. Yes. 
Absolutely. Blur the Nerd with a 5, a 5, and a 10. I swear, WWE is listening. I said all last week, all they have to do is fix Japanese promos and tape it and do subtitles. Best promo sense. I, I thought it was great. Have you seen Champa doing the Where's Johnny promos? It reminds me of when DIY was doing the Glorious Bomb promos. Yes, I think it's excellent. I don't know if it's something coming from WWE Creative or if it's something that Champ is doing on his own. And then just noticed my Super Chats from last week didn't go through, so adding another 10 this week, and I have joined the OTS family. JD, me and my wife listen every week, and my liquid death is ice cold. Love to hear it, brother. Love to hear it. Shout out to you and the wife, man. Beyond the scripts with a $4.99. JD, Becky is so boring. Love you, bro, and the OTS family. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you for being here, Beyond the Script. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Rinse and repeat with a dash of 50-50 booking. Yes. Same old shit every single fucking week. Ruben Barber with a new membership. Ruben, what the fuck are you drinking, Ruben? Jason, again, thank you so much for the 100 bomb. I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Tony Brown with a 499. He says, Samantha Irving is a babe, JD. Indeed. Indeed. And she's very good at her job. Nathan Rush with a $2 super chat. Piper versus the ring apron. Extreme rules. OTS for life. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Chris Leon with a 14 months. Have a good trip in London, man. And be sure to have your fair share of cold ones. I got to be good. Can't go back on all the work that I've done in the gym. But uh, we will be having a couple of cold ones for sure. Sinister with a new membership. Sinister, thank you so much, brother. DJ Iffy. $5 super chat. Bro, I honestly passed out twice towards the last hour. Big sad. But at least I saw a BFT and a great Gable Gunther match. And that was all uh, Monday Night Raw was about, honestly. D Brown. With 11 months, Gable and Gunther was like the Giants versus Patriots in Week 17 in 2007. It was almost a foreshadow of things to possibly come. Hopefully. Brandon Yu with two months. Two months as a VIP. Whoa! Brandon, thank you so much, brother. Jacob smiling with a new membership. Jacob, what the fuck are you drinking? Drinking. Dripping, drinking. What are you drinking, Jake? Michael Thayer with seven months. Thank you, man. No message. Blurred the nerve of the $2 Superjet. Xavier looks like he joined the MMM with that hair. Jacob, you became a member on two separate YouTube channels. I appreciate that, man. Jacob smiling. Lena's 
Lena Scorpio. 20 with a 12 months. Have fun at all, NJD. Cheers to my one year being an OTS VIP. Lena, what the fuck are you drinking for 12 months? Gotta be something good. Travis Hayes with a 999 just wanted to tell you how good you are at this. I work nights, so I don't get to watch WWE or AEW TV events, but listen to your show every night. It's out. You paint a great and honest picture. Tra- Travis, uh, comment of the night, brother. Thank you so much, man. I will be here always for hardworking men like you, man, who can't watch the show live. Either you want to watch it on YouTube while you work or listen to it via MP3. With a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? You are the truth in the IWC. Cheers to 12 months as a VIP. OTS for life. Al, thank you, brother. Tommy T with a new membership. Tommy T, what the fuck are you drinking, Tommy T? Reggie Smith with a $4.99. I would love you to host a live stream on one of the weekly shows for WWE just to see your reaction. I think it'll be great. What do you think? No. I don't want to sit in this chair longer than I have to. Jabril Mohammed with a 199. Bobby Roode was a better NXT champion than Johnny Gargano. Can't argue that. Bobby Roode had a great NXT championship run. He was fucking great. One of the best heels the company ever produced in NXT. Tommy T with a $5 Super Jack. You're awesome. Enjoy your trip and all in. OTS for life. I enjoy your takes and you tell no lies. Thank you, Tommy T. Billy Sizane with 12 months. I appreciate you, Billy Sizane. Hey, JD, have fun in England with Jesse at All In, the biggest crowd ever to a show. I took a steaming dump during Becky and Trish's segment. God awful. Prowser with the $2 super chat. Texas Chainsaw is actually insanely fun. I'll pass. WrestleQuest is now available if you guys want to go download that. Can't wait to play that. Phil with an I-99. Gable and Gunther killed it. That ending was the best way to go about things other than that admissible Raw. I'm tired of the six-man tags. Judgment Day look like losers. Love the show. OTS for life. Thank you, Phil. Edward with 24 months finally got the golden mic. Been watching you for seven years and you keep inspiring me to still try to be more than just my career. Here's to you, JD. Edward, thank you so much, brother. That means a hell of a lot coming from you, man. 24 months. Thank you for being here, man, for all these years. And Phil with a 499, the best promo of Nakamura's WWE career. This is the presentation I've been waiting for. Now we just need that translator, like Andrew said on TNT. Speaking of TNT, we'll be live tomorrow night. Drew and I will be live to catch you up on all of your weekly pro wrestling news. It's going to be great, man. Episode 10. And I believe we've been at this for 10 weeks already. Awesome stuff. Guys, I'm about to get out of here. Hopefully you enjoyed the show tonight. Please go check out my sponsor at BlackForestSupplements.com. Go pick up some good shit there. Make sure you guys are staying active, staying healthy. 
enhancing your lifestyle, blackforestsupplements.com. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys RSVP, man. All Bar 1, Waterloo, London, meet and greet. All in meet and greet. Saturday, August 26th, 7 p.m. And go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel, man. There's plenty of it. And hit that thumbs up on the way out. 1,000 likes is the goal. I will see you guys tomorrow night live with my guy, Andrew Baydala on TNT episode number 10, 8.30 p.m. right here live on Off The Script. Until then, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesdays, and I'll see you back here for TNT. One